Welcome to another week of Come Follow Me, A Disciple's Journey. This week's episode, uh, we'll discuss section 29 of the Doctrine and Covenants. And I say episode, I mean this week of Come Follow Me. Um, the plan for the episodes this week, uh, section 29 is a, is a bit longer. Um, and so I think what I'll do is do an overview like I normally do. And then uh, I may just do one episode for the whole section. I may break it down into little bite-sized uh, pieces. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but to begin, as an overview, um, the the introduction to Come Follow Me, where I like to typically start, says one of the purposes of studying the scriptures is to learn doctrine or gospel truths that are essential for our salvation. As you study Doctrine and Covenants 29 this week, look for doctrinal insights that are meaningful to you. I think that's a, I mean, well-placed introduction for section 29. Section 29 is pretty doctrinally rich. Um, it addresses several different things. So to understand what's being addressed, uh, some historical context can be useful. So recall the when we studied about Hiram Page last week and how he had claimed to receive revelation for the church. Those revelations, some of those claimed revelations dealt with the gathering of Israel and building up of Zion. And so the saints, these young saints, young in, in terms of gospel maturity, had questions about those things. And so they were, it's one of the reasons why they were so eager and ready to accept Hiram Page's uh, supposed revelation as revelation. So uh the Lord in section 29 is going to address that. They had these questions and I, I think one thing we see is that the Lord is merciful. He wants us to to ask questions as a matter of fact, throughout all scriptures one of the most repeated uh, lines by this by the Lord in one form or fashion is to ask to seek to knock. He encourages us he wants us to do that and I love um, the in the Come Follow Me manual, it says, In fact, as the doctrinally rich revelation and doctrine and covenants 29 shows, he sometimes responds by imparting truth and knowledge beyond the question we asked in the first place. And so there are going to be questions that the saints had that are answered in section 29, but then he goes even more and gives us even more information. So some other information and background to section 29 that is useful to know is this is in September 1830. The saints met in June. Um, so you know, three or so months before that at a conference they're having an, they're going to be having another conference um, and in preparation for that for that conference Joseph was so the higher page incident had just happened it's already been addressed in private and he didn't want to be addressing this that issue and have the conference be just about that um, and so He's wondering what, what to be talking about. And uh, this is from uh, the History of the Church. It says, As a conference meeting had been appointed for the 26th day of September, I, Joseph Smith, thought it wisdom not to do much more than to converse with the brethren on the subject of the stone until the conference should meet. I thought it wisdom not to do much more than to converse. So, he didn't even want to be talking too much about it, even leading up to the conference. 
Finding, however, that many, especially the Whitmer family and all of our characters, were believing much in the things set forth by the stone, we thought best to inquire of the Lord concerning so important a matter. And before conference convened, we received the following. And so before the conference happened, they get section 28, which is we talked about last week, and Oliver Cowdery is directed to specifically address this issue with Hiram Page. And then they also he also received section 29 shortly thereafter as an answer to some of the questions and addresses some of the things that the supposed revelations also addressed, but now coming from uh, the true fountain of knowledge from and through uh, the true prophet of God and, uh, and his true spokesman for the church. So there's there's a bit of information there. The other other things you need to understand is that the six the six elders, including Joseph and Oliver, uh, who are meeting together, they had questions about Adam. Now, why would they have questions about Adam and about the fall and those and the creation and things? Well, at this time, Joseph was um, retranslating uh, the Bible, the Old Testament, um, and you know we have we have some of those things uh, as the Joseph Smith translation JST. Uh, we've got Joseph Smith Matthew. We've got Joseph Smith um, sections of Genesis that we that we have access to. Uh, the, the RLDS Church actually, I, I believe still has the, the rights to the more complete version of, uh, of Joseph Smith's tr- translation. And so that's why we don't have more of them in our standard works. But it is at this time that he was, he was retranslating. And so you get, if you're, we, we don't know actually a lot from even his own history and things about the timeline exactly and where he would have been in translation. But we do know he'd already commenced doing this. Um, think back to section 25. Emma Smith was told that she would act as a scribe when he didn't have anyone else to, to, to uh, work with. Oliver was also told that there was going to be more to, to do in, in being a scribe. And it seems to be that one of, those, one of the things that was being talked about was the retranslation of the Bible. So anyway, he's retranslating. He's going through, receiving this revelation from God to, to clear up, to make uh, change some words and language to make it uh, reflect the actual original intent and meaning and the truth. And um, so that kind of sets the stage for some of these things, things being spiritual first and then temporal, and but, but all things are spiritual to God. Um, the, the entire plan of salvation that's set forth in terms of the fall and Adam and Adam being Michael and these, these mentions of things come, I think, in part because Joseph was, that those were the things that were on Joseph's mind, mind and the things that he was studying. Um, the other thing that's interesting to me is that two-thirds of the Doctrine and Covenants were received from 1830 to 1837. So, you've got, you've got the publication of the Book of Mormon in about that time, 1829, 1830. You've got two-thirds of the Doctrine and Covenants being received. You have uh, the first... The first translation that Joseph Smith goes through uh, of the Old Testament and New Testament is during this time. So in a seven-year period, Joseph. Now, obviously, he didn't change everything in the Bible, but you hold. If we hold, you know, our quadruple combination, you know, with the with the Bible, the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, and the Pearl of Great Price. You know, the vast, vast majority of of those scriptural accounts were 
either given or fined, corrected in a seven-year period. Think about the light that was, you know, there, there, was a, there had been a dark veil covering the earth and it was ripped off rather quickly in a short period of time with new, uh, n- not new, but renewed truth and light. Um, and so that's kind of the stage of, of section 29 and section 29, like I've mentioned and, and come for all new mentions is doctrinally rich. There's quite a bit in there. Um, but that's, that's the background of what's going on. You've got the Hiram Page incident that's right now happening. They're just barely addressing it. You've got these questions that the saints have. You have these six elders and Joseph who are presumably probably discussing the Bible. They're, they have these questions about Adam. And the Lord says, here, I'm going to answer your questions. And I'm going to give you some, some doctrinal truth that goes even deeper than your questions. That, that helps you understand a few of the whys of, of your questions and things. Um, but I find great, uh, comfort in section 29. There's because of the truths that are taught the, the, the plan of salvation is taught the, uh, the idea that those who are, uh, th- that will be judged by what we have. And, uh, and so little children are not, uh, at risk. Those who are not accountable are not at risk because the mercy and love of the Savior, and we learn also about the vengeance of of the sa- of the Lord uh, t- to the wicked. But there's this there's this uh, contrast that is pretty beautiful, and like I said, gives me comfort and peace to know the true nature of our of our heavenly Father and of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's the background and some context, and some uh, as we get into section twenty nine. I hope you join me in the next episode as we start to go through the section. Like I said, we may just do one episode. It may be a couple of shorter episodes. But either way, best of luck in your studies this week. Um, I encourage you to do what uh, Come Follow Me asked and you know invites us to do, to look for doctrinal insights that are meaningful to you. And as I shared, some of those insights of mine are that the Lord is merciful and loving and just and that he wants to give us knowledge and information and answers to our questions. Uh, and I know that as you study and as you ask the, that, that question of what's important to you and ask the Lord to show you, this is a section that you will uh, most definitely learn some truth from the Lord. Uh, thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join me in the next episode.